Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Jaguars show. I'm Justin Dunk, joined by former NFL tight end Clay Harbor. It's Tell the Truth, Week 7 post-game edition. We're analyzing Jacksonville's win over the Saints. Trevor Lawrence playing with a brace on his left knee. Linebacker Foyer Aluakun scoring his first career touchdown in the NFL and more. Let's get to it. The Jaguars beat New Orleans 31-24 at the Superdome on Thursday night. Football, what were your takeaways from the game, Clay? You know, it wasn't a, wasn't a pretty game. I think at some aspects things were looking pretty nice, but it, it was an ugly game, but the Jaguars came out on top. I thought, you know, given the turnovers early in the game, I said, what the heck is going on here? You got the fumble from Christian Kirk. You, you got, you know, obviously you got the, uh, the, the, the drop punt. It, obviously it, it wasn't Agnew's fault there. And then the defense only gives up three points on those three drives. I thought that was incredible, but that was a team team win. You know, the defense showed again that they are a force to be reckoned with, and they are one of the better defenses in this NF, in this league this year. So overall, I thought it was a, a, a good win. It wasn't pretty. Obviously, down there at the end of the game, you have a drop pass. You, you got some controversy there. Is there a pass interference? I don't think that's a pass interference call. But the Jaguars win. They move to where are they five and two now in first place in the AFC South. So I think it was it was a beautiful win for them as far as you know they stayed together and they got the job done, got some stuff to clean up. But and you know I liked what I liked a lot of what I saw. Dougie P improved to eight no in his head coaching career on Thursday night football. Why is he so good on these short weeks? You know, that's a good question. I think Doug Peterson just has a system that, you know, a lot of coaches, when it, when, when it comes to a game, they, they basically implement a whole new system, a whole new game plan. Doug does some tweaks here and there, but he runs a lot of his stuff. Most of his stuff is all already in the playbook. You're not teaching a whole new playbook and, you know, I've been with some coaches, you, you look at your your game plan, and you go, we don't, we've never ran these plays before in our life. <laughs> I think Doug has his stuff in the playbook and he uses his stuff. So it doesn't take a full week of work to get good at some of these plays like some coaches do when they're trying to game plan so much to a specific defense. Doug's a guy that says, hey, we're going to run our stuff and we're going to run it better than you. And that's what we're going to do. So I think that's one of the big reasons why Doug Peterson is so successful on Thursday nights. Jacksonville improved to 4-0 this season when leading after the first quarter. You mentioned the 5-2 and record. Last year, the Jags started 2-5. and Clay, I'm curious what difference you've noticed with the Jags starting this season compared to 2022. Well, I, I, last night isn't a... Uh isn't indicative of it, but I think they're a little bit better holding on to the ball. I think Trevor Lawrence has improved greatly in, in so many aspects. And um, obviously you saw that in the second half of last year too, but compared to, you know, the, the start of last season, he's improved greatly. This team has really found an identity. Uh, the defense has just really stepped up this year and, and done a great job. And you see, you know, individual players on both sides of the ball stepping up. Foyer Lucan, you know, Devin Lloyd had a big game on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I mean, Andre Sisco, Rayshon Jenkins, uh, 
Darius Williams. All those guys are playing very well offensively. Travis Etienne, what a tough player, man. This guy, I mean, you look at the stat book, 14 for 53. It doesn't look like he did too much. You know, he also had three for 24 in the receiving game. But he did score two touchdowns, and this guy ran tough. They were missing Walker Little. They were missing some pieces in this to this team, and they still came out on top and got the win. To me, that shows that they're a team that can get through tough times and still win football games. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl. BetOnline gives you the access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is where the game starts. There was a lot of focus on QB Trevor Lawrence's left knee after suffering an injury late in the Jaguars' Week 6 win over the Colts. Did you ever doubt Lawrence would start on a short week with travel to New Orleans? Yeah, you know, I thought, you know, if it's a short week after this, obviously you get the 10 days. You know, I thought maybe, you know, if he's not 100%, Doug holds him out. But, you know, Lawrence is going to want to play. You can see this guy, you know, he hasn't missed a game. This guy is a competitor. He's a dude that wants to be on the field, and you know his teammates love that about him. You hear people talk about him. He's a tough guy. He's a tough quarterback, and he's a guy that you want to play for because he's going to be willing to put it out there on the line. You saw this guy with that knee issue. I mean, he's he's running better than he did when he didn't have the knee issue. I said, "What's what's going on? Is this all part of his plan?" It's like you know faking an injury, then going out there and you know showing them that uh, you know maybe you're not so hurt, so they don't really game plan for your running ability, but. Thought he did an excellent job running the football. Didn't take too many hits. Offensive line did a really good job of keeping him clean throughout the day. There was some pressure, but I don't think he took a sack the whole game, which is very impressive and very hard to do in the NFL. Lawrence produced a single-game career high, 59 rushing yards on eight carries with that new brace on his left knee. Completed 20 of 29 passes for 204 yards and one touchdown with zero interceptions. You alluded to the offensive line. How good did Lawrence and the O-line play considering they're playing in the Superdome that was very loud on Thursday night football? Tough place to play. You know, I've, I've played there several times and, you know, I think that it's a 70 plus thousand crowd there. So uh, it's a difficult place to play. You can't hear yourself think and on some occasions saints have a great, have a great following, great fan base. So, you know, they made it difficult, but I thought they played well considering the, you know, the 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 issues they had on the offensive line with some injuries. They stepped up, they kept Trevor clean. I think they did a really nice job and, and hats off to them and Doug for putting together a game plan and Press Taylor for calling a, a pretty solid game. Obviously, third down was an issue. After they went up 14-0, I think they failed to complete to uh, convert their next eight third downs. Like they got to figure out some on third down and then Doug's controversial call to go for it late with like six, seven minutes in the game. In my opinion, on fourth down, that is, in my opinion, if you want to go for it, I'm okay with that. 
but you have to have a play that you love. And the play that Doug called was a zone read with a quarterback with a bum leg. Obviously, we had Trevor, you know, ran for all those yards. Those were straight lines, straight ahead plays where he just saw the green and he went for it. A zone read, you have to make a read. You have to make a cut. They're not, they're not going to pay attention to the quarterback there, and they didn't. And obviously, he gave it to ETN. ETN couldn't get it. I thought that was a very bad call, and obviously Doug's probably not the guy that made the call. Press Taylor made the call. Doug said, let's go for it. Press called the play. But it all comes back to Doug. But overall, I mean, if you're going to go for it there, you got to know in your game plan, okay, we have three or four plays that we really like on third, and if it gets to fourth down, that can't be one of them. A zone read play. Could have cost him the game right there. Gave the Saints a short field. They drove down. They did what they had to. Luckily, the Jags came away with the win. Do you think the Jags need to keep that part of the call sheet on the money downs? We'll call it third and fourth down because they go so much for it on fourth down. Very small because that's an issue for them. The Jags ranked 27th in the NFL in third down conversion percentage at just over 34%, Clay. Yeah. You know, they really got to figure out third downs because th- I mean third down obviously aside from uh, aside from turnovers is probably the biggest telling statistic that's going to say you know who won the game because that's what keeps the, keeps the drives going that's what gets the offense and the defense you know on and off the field so you got to be good on third down so in my opinion you you got to really take a look and they got this pseudo bye week right now they got ten days to figure it out. So it gives Doug and Press some time to go back and, hey, here's what you do. You, you get your, your your staff to cut you up every third down play you ran this year, every fourth down play you ran. And you go, okay, what are we doing right and what are we doing wrong in these plays? And then you have to do a self-scout, a self-assessment, and you got to figure out a plan going forward. Because if you want to be the team you are, yeah, you're a good team. You're five and two. You're ahead. Of, but if you want to go into the playoffs, deep into the playoff, win playoff games, you're going to have to be a good third down team on both sides of the ball. Unless, unless you play CFL style football and you're getting a first down with just two downs, Clay, is that possible? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to change the rules, man, I think we could do that. I know Justin here, uh, my co-host, is from Canada, Canada out there and they have different <laughs> rules in their game of football. But, uh, you know, I don't see that happening, unfortunately, but uh, I think may- maybe Trevor can just, maybe he could just get so good to where they don't get on third. He'll, he'll just get a first down, you know, before a third down every single play. <laughs> Thanks for human humoring me a little bit. No, Travis Etienne Jr. Became the first player in Jags history to record multiple rushing touchdowns in three straight games. He's got six touchdowns. In his last three games and seven on the season, and even though some of the rushing numbers sometimes haven't been eye-popping, how important and crucial has he been to this early season success for Jacksonville? You know, I thought Trevor's played, you know, really well. I thought he's he's a big part of the, the, the success, but also Travis Etienne and also Christian Kirk. And also, you know, Evan Ingram had a decent day. He did miss a couple blocks out there, but... You know, overall, I think that Trevor Trevor did a heck of a job, and he's showing why he is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And you know, you look around there, and obviously in AFC, and I think that the Jags are creeping up there. Obviously, you got Miami, but uh, they beat Buffalo, and they're honestly one of my favorite picks to 
besides Miami to be the best team, the strongest team in the FC in large part due to Trevor Lawrence efficiency, not huge numbers, you know, 2029, 20, one touchdown, but overall this guy's playing well. He's got full command of this team and he, you know, some of these drives aren't his fault. Obviously the Kirk fumble, not his fault. He's, you know, he's had some issues out there, but most of it hasn't been on him. He's missed a couple passes uh, last night, but you know, overall really solid day for him. Christian Kirk flashed his game-breaking ability with his 44-yard catch-and-run touchdown, despite what Al Michaels thought was going out of bounds at the one. I'm not sure what he was seeing on that play. But That's what I was saying. I says, Al Michaels okay? Like, what is he? It's not even close. <laughs> yeah, I can't understand it, man. He showed off that 4.47 40-yard speed. Kirk caught all six of his targets for 90 yards. I know you've been a big Captain Kirk guy did that play show why he deserves the contract that he got in the offseason? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny that, uh, you know, two years ago when they signed Kirk, that the, the Jaguars were the laughing stock of the league. Oh, look at the Jets. This is why they're a poverty, poverty franchise. They signed players to two big a deals. Christian Kirk isn't worth that money. Look at where he ranks at wide receiver uh, statistics in the last two years. And then look, look where he's getting paid. Kirk might actually be getting underpaid. He is that good. And the thing about him is he's clutch. He's a guy that in when the in the third down plays, when you need it, in the end of the game, when the, when it's when it's you know when it's the end of the, you have to have it. Kirk is the go-to guy there, and he's a guy that you can always count on to make a big play. Christian Kirk has earned every dime of that money so far, and he's going to continue to do it. He's just a true professional. Great solid routes. You saw with that route against Karan Matthew, it's just a little, uh, I think we called it the shake route. You go in there, you you, you fake like you're about to run a come, uh, uh, basically a pivot, and you and you keep going to the other side, and you hit him with that little Allen Iverson crossover, and Matthew was gone. Couldn't keep up with that 4-4 speed. So that was very impressive, beating his former Arizona Cardinal teammate for that big win that was eventually the, the game-winning touchdown. There's like three or four Saints that hit the turf on that touchdown just because of Kirk's sheer speed. But, Clay, how about the celebration on Thursday night football doing the Amazon delivery? Did you like it? You know, Justin, I hate to say it. I didn't even pay attention to it. What, what happened? He did the Amazon delivery? Yeah, in the end zone. He sort of faked like he was an Amazon delivery guy getting out, put the package at the front door ringing the doorbell, handing the package, and away you go. It was like he was delivering the game-winning touchdown for Jacksonville, you know? I don't even know how you would would do that. So, I mean, it had to be pretty good. If you can show that you're an Amazon delivery guy delivering a package, like, I mean, that's probably pretty – you knew what he was doing. If I would have saw that, I'd probably be like, what's going on here? <laughs> I mean, I don't get Amazon delivery a lot. My girl seems to, so she kind of knew what was going down, admittedly. Yeah. On defense, you've alluded to how big they were in this win. Linebacker Foye Luakun had an outstanding performance. 14 tackles, nine solo, one interception returned for his first career touchdown. How critical was his production and overall Jackson's defense, Jacksonville's defense, excuse me, in winning on Thursday night? It was huge. I think they're, they're the team that won the game for them. I mean, they got put by the special teams and the offense. I mean, early in some terrible situations, even late, you know, you're going for it on, you know, fourth down and, and you don't get it. And you're on the plus side. So they, they gave up with some points, but 
for the situations they were in. I thought they did an excellent job. You're missing some big time Tyson Campbell. You're missing some players out there, you know, and for them to be able to step up and, and play that well, it's, it's very impressive. And I, you know, like I said, I thought Foyer, Aluakin, he's, he's very underrated. He's an undersized guy, Ivy leaguer, very smart player. He commands the respect of that team. You, you listen to the guys on the defense talk about him. It's just nothing but respect. And, you know, he's led the NFL in tackles the last two seasons for a reason. And that reason is because he is a diligent worker. He's a, he's a savant of the game. He studies tape. He knows what, what he needs to do to be successful. And that's the kind of guy you want on your defense. Lukin said after the game, we're not pretty, we're gritty. And he's kind of shown that with his NFL career among the league leaders in tackles this season. You alluded to it. Tyson Campbell was out of the lineup. Monteric Buster Brown started and arguably had the clutch play of the game, knocking away a fourth and goal Derek Carr pass for Chris Olave on a fade route with less than 30 seconds left that could have tied it up. How did Brown play in place of Campbell? I thought he did well. You know, Chris Olave, you know, he, he did get some, you know, some solid plays out there, but he didn't just absolutely destroy the team and he's he's a guy that can do that he's a he's a special player and i thought he stepped up you know considering the following when your best cornerbacks is out uh, a pro bowl caliber guy and and he stepped up and, and played really well and like you said at play at the end of the game i mean that's a game saving touchdown that's a game saving knock pbu so he he played well he you know he earned his check this week and if if campbell's out for an extended period of time I think this gives the Jaguars some confidence that they this guy can play. This guy can hold his own, and we're not going to be at a disadvantage just because Tyson's out. Dewan Smoot had his first sack of the season in New Orleans. Josh Allen didn't register a sack, although he's among the league leaders with seven on the season. Still had a high pressure rate in the game. Was that noticeable to you, Allen, still affecting the game despite recording a sack? Yeah, anybody watching the game would see how they were spotlighting Allen, even though he wasn't getting the sacks. He was still putting a ton of pressure on. And I like they they did a good job of that. I'm saying, you know, Allen is is getting QB hits, he's getting pressures, he's not he's not getting the sacks, but this guy is still affecting the game. And he's shown why, you know, this year, this offseason, he's gonna be getting a big time payday and he's earned it. He's been a guy that's faced some criticism some backlash, whatever, you know, the guy's not performing, but he's shown why he's a guy that should be considered in that top group of edge rushers in this league. And it's good to see Smoot get a sack after obviously missing so long after that torn Achilles, good to see him back on the field and, and, and producing, you know, they missed him. They needed him and he does provide an extra boost for that defensive line. Inside the two-minute warning of the first half, Jacksonville converted a fake punt with Logan Cook completing a 13-yard pass to Tim Jones on fourth and two. It set up a Braden McManus 43-yard field goal for a 17-6 lead at halftime. Clay, I got to ask you, man, are punters athletes too? Most of them aren't, but, <laughs> I mean, occasionally you'll find a guy that can play a little bit, but most of the punters, honestly, they're usually pretty – there's usually ping-pong tables in, room, in, the, in the locker rooms, and for some reason – the specialists are really good at ping pong. So they're, I wouldn't say they're athletes because they're not running, jumping, cutting, but you know, they can get, they can do some stuff like play ping pong. And obviously you saw what Logan cook was able to do. And with that pass completion there. So, you know, overall punters, I'm sorry, not athletes. 
<laughs> Pat McAfee wouldn't like that, but I think you got a fair point. Yeah. Last one for you. Let's go back to week six. Rookie tight end Brenton Strange recorded his first NFL touchdown against the Colts. Do you remember your first TD? Of course I remember my first TD, man. It was on a uh, it's on a Tuesday night football game in Philadelphia from Michael Vick against the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, I said Tuesday night. It was uh, a Monday night football game, but got canceled because of a blizzard. Philly's not great when it comes to snow. Wasn't even really a blizzard, so we played on Tuesday. So if there is a trivia question and somebody asks you who scored the last Tuesday night uh, football touchdown, I, I think it was me. You know, honestly, I think it was me. So you'll win that trivia, that trivia question, that trivia night. The old TNF, but Tuesday night style came on a three-yard pass from Vic, as you said, on December 28th. 2010 what was that like for you because as you said it was supposed to be monday night football gets pushed to tuesday night football i guess what was it like for you and all the rest of the guys that played in that game that you were playing on a tuesday yeah it threw you off a little bit because obviously you're typically playing on sundays you're playing monday night usually playing on sunday mornings okay now sunday now it's tuesday night okay i mean it just threw you off a little bit and and then obviously you have to come back and it's a short week. We had to go right to practice on Wednesday to get back into our typical week. So it was a, it was a little bit odd, a little different, but with two, with Thursday night football now, I mean, everybody kind of experiences that short week where you have to go through practice. And I used to love Thursday night football games. I mean, I don't know why people complain about them. You don't have to practice. You just go through walkthroughs the whole <laughs> week. You don't have to pray. You're just walking through and watching tape. This is beautiful that after that you get a pseudo bye week. You get to go hang out, like get get off your feet a little bit, recharge. So I used to love Thursday night football games. I don't know what these guys are complaining about. I hear a lot of guys saying they don't like them. I used to love them. How hard is it on the body, though, to play on Sunday and then on Thursday? Yeah, if you're a guy suffering from injuries, obviously it's tough. But, uh, you know, if you're a guy that, uh, you know, you come out of the game fresh on Sunday, then you just do a few walkthroughs and, and you know, and it's basically, you know, Thursday practice. You're going to be out there anyway. So let's let's go out there and knock out this game and get a W. I used to like it. I used to think it was it was a good, you know, thing for you, because after you get through that game, now you got extra time to recover for the rest of the season. That does it for this edition of the Believe in Jaguars show. The next Jacksonville game is Sunday, October 29th against Pittsburgh. Be sure to keep it locked to our feed for the next episode drop. Of course, this show is presented by betonline.com. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.